0: Welcome to the WAC Podcast. Today's episode is presented by Hercules Tires. And now, here are your hosts, Eric Danner and Kendra Sheehan.
1: Welcome to the WAC Podcast 2022 edition. Kendra Sheehan across from Eric Danner for social distancing purposes. Happy New Year, first podcast of 2022.
2: I can hardly believe it. It's 2022, (laughs) or as you see, that's like 2022. I've seen that. Oh. It's kind of like 2020.
1: Times two?
2: two. Like also, like T-O-O.
1: Oh. Yeah. Because we're We're still. We're starting (laughs) off with a bang (laughs) on the show. Because we're still in the same (laughs) same thing we were doing in 2020. Yes. Okay. Now you're picking it up. Yeah, makes sense. Well, you know, I feel like it's the new year, so we obviously have to mention New Year's resolutions.
2: Obviously. uh, (laughs) I'm trying to eat better. Okay. Uh, See how that goes. Been so far here January 5th. Okay. Making meals every day, bringing the leftovers for lunch, if you will. Uh, Okay. So, uh, so far, so good on that front. Uh, I'm getting married later this year. Oh, that's So right. part of the goal is to drop a few LBs prior to the marriage.
1: The big day in yes. Panama City, too. But so the area. City we don't
2: want to reveal too much oh, yeah. at this point. But in the uh, Florida panhandle, if you will.
1: <laughs> you did not hear me say anything <laughs> else. <laughs> yeah i mean i have i have some new year's resolutions as well one of them which i am uh, three for three as i mentioned to you before is to get into the office before nine you know it's like that 8 45 9 a.m time and i always felt you know like a little bit last year it was like nine nine, five, nine ten <laughs> pushing it so i'm like you know what let's say five yeah. i'm always a little late
2: and then today, 7.30.
1: Yeah, today I was in 7.30. Nobody can confirm because, you know, you weren't here till like noon.
2: <laughs> that is false information.
1: But anyway, with the new year comes the FCS Football Championship. That's on January 8th. We got Montana State taking on North Dakota State, the team that knocked out our Sam Houston from the playoffs.
2: Yeah, Montana State made it to the championship game. North Dakota State, a traditional power Carson Wentz, uh, Trey Lance, two of their alums that are uh, playing in the NFL. And this is one we're hoping to send you on no. the trip to Frisco, Texas for the championship game. Unfortunately, did not pan out. But uh, there's still some football news going on here. Let's stay with the Sam Houston, who was in the uh, playoffs, won the national championship in the spring. Zion McCollum uh, selected to play in the Reese's senior bowl and that's a pretty big deal because you get into the senior bowl your chances of getting drafted uh, just went up quite a bit
1: yeah he was a big part of the Bearcats defense he had 39 solo tackles three interceptions but his presence was I think felt more than what you just see on the statue I mean he was constantly making big plays for that defense
2: and in that senior bowl you're going to be playing four NFL coaches and it's not just the game it's all the workouts it's all the drills and so the position coaches, everybody on the staff, gets a chance to see exactly how Zion McCallum will, you know, matches up against maybe some bigger players. Uh, a lot of Power Five schools uh, have players in this game. So uh, very exciting to see him there. And that's gonna be the same, that's gonna be February fifth weekend. and that's gonna be the same weekend, I believe, as the East West Shrine game, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Yes, that
2: uh, you're going to be kind of a part of you're hoping to go as as part of the galvanize deal for uh, Laura Oakman. And unfortunately, with the COVID uh, outbreaks and what have you, it'll be virtual.
1: Yeah, you know, that was one of those things that I was really looking forward to. I had two trips planned for January, one to the national championship, hopefully in Frisco, which ended up not happening. But then I had one at the end of January over to Las Vegas for the East West Shrine Bowl, where uh, Zion was also invited to. And then he got his invitation to the Reese's Bowl, and I believe he switched over to that. Um, but that was going to be a really cool opportunity to go and be face to face with these players. But like you mentioned, with the COVID situation, nothing has really it's been confirmed it'll be virtual, but no other details have really been released on how that process will work now.
2: And we'll get more into the COVID protocols, all that kind of thing as we go along in the show. Unfortunately, as we talked about before the break, this was kind of how things were trending. And now it's trended to where a lot of games are being uh, postponed at this point. Staying with football, though, we have another football note. University Incarnate Word named a new head football coach. G.J. Kinney is the new head coach, and he's a Texas native, uh, but comes to. The uh, UIW, f- most recently from Central Florida, as the Cardinals' previous head coach, took a job at Washington State uh, Power 5 School. Of course, they made the playoffs this past year, won the Southland, and made it to the second round after beating Stephen F. Austin. UIW will be in the whack this upcoming year, and we're going to be having a big announcement regarding the schedule coming up next week.
1: Yes, we won't say anything more about that because we like to keep you guys on our toes, but... Yeah, on their toes. They on their like, toes yeah. and our toes because you never know what, <laughs> what I'm planning over here. Uh, Kinney comes from the University of Central Florida where he was the co-offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach. The uh, The team that was the self-proclaimed national champs, if you will, a couple of years ago. I remember that.
2: So he had a chance to coach <laughs> with Gus Malzahn this, this past year. So excited to uh, meet, meet Coach Kinney when uh, we have our WAC football media day which uh, we're planning on in july this year
1: yeah really excited to get to know him and speak with him and of course the entire incarnate word team as they join the whack as well
2: and my favorite transition always is to go from football to football <laughs> as we have the mls draft coming up this upcoming tuesday and I know you're somewhat new to the league, but you had a chance to dive in with men's soccer as an analyst uh, during our tournament this uh, past fall. Uh, Pretty good track record for WAC players being selected in the first round. Didn't have one last year, but I believe we had about five years in a row with first round picks and possibility of, of a few more coming up this Tuesday.
1: Yeah, I can. You can look at different draft boards that are just on the web, and we have a couple of whack players that are in contention. Of course, you had mentioned Seattle U's head coach Pete Fewing has those connections to the MLS, so there's a good chance we could see some Seattle U players drafted, and, and then of course GCU has had a couple guys that have popped up on people's radars. They were a great team, obviously. Um, so
2: and the Air Force Academy is another school that's produced a, a few. Pros, uh, we saw Tucker Bone, who was the Whack Player of the Year a few years ago, get drafted in the first round and then played in the USL. Uh, because obviously, when you're in the Air Force, your number one commitment is the Air Force. Right. So if he happens to be in a city that has a team, that's uh, much more beneficial.
1: Yeah. So Tuesday, we'll uh, we'll have more on that on Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, yeah, we <laughs> expect to have some players drafted is what we're saying. We won't say any more right now, but,
2: yeah. Another whack note here. Uh, Becky Hammond, the all-time leading scorer in WAC history, I mentioned that to you the other day, when she went to Colorado State, they were a member of the WAC. She scored 2,740 points in her career. Wow. When you think about it, I mean, 1,000 points is a milestone for many college players and there's not a whole lot that have even done that yeah 2,740 she was a bucket as they say
1: my goodness and
2: all-time league scorer male or female in WAC history and she was just named the head coach of the Vegas Aces in the WNBA of course Becky has been an NBA coach uh, most recently for the San Antonio Spurs as an assistant had a chance to be the interim head coach i believe when greg popovich was unable to coach and yep. so uh well side note here becky hammond i had a chance to interview her one-on-one when she was at csu in the whack oh, okay. when i was a tv personality yep and she was a freshman back then she was from rapid city south dakota okay and i worked in cheyenne and the rapid city affiliate said hey uh, can you do a story on Becky because she's doing so well she was averaging like 20 points a game as a freshman okay and so I sat down with her and had a, had a good chat and I'm sure she remembers none of it <laughs> at this point but um obviously went on to bigger and better things than uh, interviewing with the guy in Cheyenne Wyoming
1: I'm sure she remembers you don't sell yourself short sure. <laughs> but she did actually play for the Aces from 20, 2007 to 2009, but that was when the team played in San Antonio and they were actually called the Stars. So her number is actually retired by the organization. So it's kind of like her a full circle moment for her, and she's just a female that has been just breaking barriers in the coaching. Uh, spectrum of things she was the first female full-time assistant coach in the NBA in 2015 she was the team summer league head coach that was the first woman to do that and of course the first woman to become an interim head coach in an NBA game as well so
2: and a lot of people think she's still going to be the first female NBA head coach that she's still yeah. on track for that this is another opportunity for her to get some head coaching experience as, as she moves on towards that goal
1: yeah i think people are mentioning that you know on her resume there was no head coaching she has this assistant coach of course in the nba huge deal but nothing of a of a head coach sort of nature but continuing on let's just kind of switch over to what has been taking over the sports world and that's covid covid 19 it's year three of the global pandemic <laughs> And there's just tons of postponements, and we now have an updated COVID policy on games being rescheduled because of the number of games and the volume of games that we're seeing. So the minimum number of participants for conference play has been set at seven student-athletes, one, edu- one coach that's eligible. And so if you have those, you are required to compete in that contest.
2: We are seeing the new strain of, of COVID, however, sweep through teams so if you have one player or two players who test positive chances are there's going to be seven eight nine by the next day uh test positive and this these are the breakthrough cases as well as vaccinated people are getting this uh so very, very unfortunate that uh you know this continues to be a situation but uh hats off to administrators coaches the student athletes themselves, I'm sure, they're tired of having those COVID tests and oh, having yeah. to deal with this after three years. So, what we we're trying our best to, in the whack office to uh, mitigate uh, some of what what's happening in terms of that. And t- as we speak here, you, <coughs>
1: this is not a lot of I, COVID cough. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, that's what happens when you run around and play soccer. You that's get right. That, uh, cough
1: here, but, athlete over here. Um,
2: I, I think uh, hopefully it's something that that by the time we get to vegas is not as much of an issue you know but who knows uh since this seems to be sweeping not just the country the entire world at this point so um uh, and hopefully nobody gets overly ill f- from this as well
1: yeah i mean it feels like we're seeing a different strain pop up now i've seen flu rona a mix of uh flu and the coronavirus and and so hopefully things start to die down but you never know I mean you got to imagine for these student athletes I remember when I was in southern Illinois and it was the first year of the pandemic we were constantly talking about the mental health of these athletes who are having to go through this and and now we're in year three I mean it just it's continuing to impact everything not <laughs> just athletics
2: it is, and uh, I don't know how to transition from that <laughs> to, to a couple of positive stories here. We have our Road to Wag Vegas contests that have started up. Yes. So, uh, shout out uh, to Luis. Carrillo. Carrillo, who had a gingerbread house for Chicago State on winning tickets to Wack Vegas. And our contest this week is a gift-related contest.
1: Yeah, so... Basically, it is post a GIF uh, of your... Or a GIF. A GIF or a GIF. I mean, it's really unconfirmed. What is it really at this point? That uh, represents your team and and going what you hope that your team will accomplish this season and in WAC Vegas. So we got a lot of New Mexico State fans, got some GCU people on there, seen a few Chicago... I saw a Chicago State... Well, I saw a pizza... A deep dish pizza so i'm thinking it's a chicago state person but who knows but a lot of fun to just scroll through there but
2: (laughs) maybe orm utah is known for deep dish pizza who knows i I mean see that's it makes you think it does one makes you think
1: it does and all you have to do is post your gif or jif and then you are entered (laughs) for a chance to win these tickets to all sessions so it's you know a, a high value that you're you're winning and get a chance to uh see all the action in whack vegas
2: the other exciting news we had been talking about this for weeks oh yeah Kendra, since you arrived we now have a whack vegas tiktok account yeah so you want to follow us there and that'll be our contest next week i'm already letting the cat out of the bag Ooh. contest next week will be followers on on the whack vegas tiktok account we're starting to post videos on there none of the dance videos just yet
1: just yet, we're still uh, warming not up. None of the
2: trends yet. We're posting, you know, some players of the week, our whack top play. You might see a, a portion of an interview that's going to be coming up later in the show with Mark Kellogg.
1: Yeah, on
2: our Whack Vegas TikTok page.
1: Yeah, he came across a pretty cool career milestone he that did. just might pop up on our TikTok, but <laughs> you won't know unless you go follow us. That is Whack Vegas on TikTok. <laughs> Hit us a follow. And next week, you'll be entered to win our WAC Vegas tickets.
2: When we come back, we're going to talk men's basketball. So take a quick break, and then we'll be right back.
0: We would like to thank our partners, Hercules Tires, Ticket Smarter, and Adidas. Now, back to the WAC Podcast.
2: Welcome back to the WAC Podcast. Eric Danner and Kendra Sheehan. We're now talking Ben's basketball, and this has been kind of super exciting for somebody uh, like myself who's been in the WAC for five years now. When we announced the new schools coming in and seeing what Abilene Christian did last year in the NCAA tournament, how uh, you'd see some of these games against the, the schools that just came in against some of the existing WAC schools, and right off the bat, Abilene Christian against Utah Valley. Utah Valley was a co-champion of the WAC in the regular season last year, and Abilene Christian is rolling. They win both games this week. They've won 11 in a row. You had a chance to talk with Brett Tanner before the break, and this team, although they lost their head coach who, who went on to, to UTEP and they lost some of their top players from that team, they they lock you down defensively. They only gave up 50 points in that game against Dixie.
1: Oh, wow, Yeah. I mean, Brett Tanner is a guy who was actually in the program, so it wasn't like he was new to the program, which I think helped with the transition a lot. Though when I was speaking to him, he's like, man, I kind of wish I was back in my other role because (laughs) the players actually came and talked to me now he's in this, you know, head coach role. But I think that was a match that really set the tone for what ACU can do in the WAC. UVU is a team that we had high hopes for that we still expect to do very well in the WAC. They got Fardons AMAC, a guy who likely will be an NBA draft pick, and for them to – Breaking news. Breaking news. <laughs> Kendra's on the Kendra's Culling radar. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, that's you know that's no surprise. But uh, and, you t-
2: and doing it at Utah Valley. Yeah, the on the road. Doing it on the road during the – you know, it was December 30th. I mean, there's all kinds of excuses you could make when you're on the road and it's holiday time, all that good stuff. But very impressive wins – Plus, uh, Utah Valley had that uh, three-quarters court shot
1: Yeah, at
2: the buzzer of the first half, but were able to kind of just hold off Utah Valley the entire game Abilene Christian was and come away with that win. And Cam Steele, Cameron Steele, coming through with a couple of big games.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, he had 17 points, nine rebounds, four assists against UVU, but his Probably biggest, most exciting of the week came actually against Dixie State. This is our one school, one thing segment. (laughs) He had 23 points, 10 rebounds, his first career double-double. So hats off to you, Cam Steele, for that. 19 points, though, in the first half to (laughs) single-handedly outscored Dixie State in the first half. I mean, talk about a performance, a week for him.
2: Pretty amazing when his career high before that was 18, which I think he might have done in that Utah Valley game. Yeah, so, I mean, with 17. Kinda, 17. So coming out of nowhere, uh, had 23 points, new career high for him. So, again, getting those performances from guys you maybe don't expect mm-hmm. to perform like that, and that's what ACU has done so far. And they play Stephen F. Austin this week, uh, knock on wood. Uh, we're, we're getting this on on Wednesday, supposed to play on Thursday. Again, you talk about a matchup you want to see is the, the defending uh, – Southland champions against Stephen F. Austin, one of the you know teams picked to be the, near the top of the whack. Unfortunately, the Lumberjacks were not able to play opening weekend because of COVID concerns and COVID protocols, and they were not able to play their last non-conference game against Jackson State. So they haven't played since they played Kansas and played pretty well. We watched that game yeah. against the Jayhawks, and then they gave them all all they could handle. So that you wonder how much rust will be on SFA for that game and uh but you know a a team in purple is gonna win as Kobe Carthell likes to say
1: a team in purple well yeah (laughs) I mean SFA hasn't played since December 18th and then you know in between then yeah you get practice and stuff but all your guys aren't back I think when I spoke with Brett Tanner he had mentioned that they hadn't had a full practice since a month or two months it had been so I mean you're just picking the pieces trying to you know practice and then throw it all together game day. So we'll see how well SFA does. NM State, New Mexico State, is a team that's doing pretty well. They won seven in a row, beat Chicago State, so they're now 1-0 in the WAC.
2: New Mexico State winning seven in a row, and, and two of those at UTEP, buzzer beater. At New Mexico, buzzer beater. and This is after a little bit of a, I wouldn't say a rocky start, they had that weird game against New Mexico at home where the lights went out. Oh, and yeah. Then You know, just kind of an odd game there. But New Mexico State now rolling seven wins in a row. And a couple of guys, Chris Jans does such a a great job of fitting new players in. Uh, Teddy Allen, worth the price of admission, the transfer from Nebraska. And also Chi-Chi Avery, uh, rapidly becoming a fan favorite, a true freshman for New Mexico State. Had a couple of big time jams towards the end of that game. Chicago State, though, uh, shout out to them. They actually played very well, especially on playing at GCU and then having to play at New Mexico State two nights later. That's no no easy job for anybody. Uh, they were tied. They were leading in the first half. wound up being down by four at halftime before New Mexico State pulled away. But they have a reason to be excited as well as they had our Whack Freshman of the Week brought yeah. to you by Ticket Smarter.
1: Ticket Smarter. Ali Deba from Stockholm, Sweden, 21.7 rebounds, two steals. CSU is that team under first-year head coach Gerald Gillian, who I think is a team that really can compete. They just have to – I mean, right now I think they're still putting the pieces together, but we see within four at the half against New Mexico State, a team that is projected to be in the top half of the standings. I mean, they can compete. Can they finish games? Can they play the overall – a full game, no, but they're getting better. Not
2: yet, I, I, I would say. And Diba certainly gives them a lot more depth and a go-to, a potential go-to player. At had to, over 20 points in his collegiate debut at GCU. Yeah. In front of the Havocs, they had a big crowd there. So uh, he is our freshman of the week GCU in New Mexico State. They're travel partners, as we cool. say in the biz here. So they play the same schools kind of on the opposite night, so there's – both supposed to play UTRGV and Lamar uh, on both Thursday and Saturday. And then they flip flop and played the team they didn't play. Uh, by the way, UTRGV did play a game on Monday night against Sam Houston. Uh, that was a game that had been postponed because of COVID. Sam Houston behind Savion Flag, 27 points, 17 rebounds. And they're 2-0 wow. in the whack to start the season. So there's another team to keep an eye on.
1: Yeah, Sam Houston. When I was kind of looking at their games and then pulling up the stats, I was like, "Oh man, I can." I almost forget about Sam Houston for a second, but they're there saying, "Please don't forget about us. We are two and zero, and we have beat." Don't forget about Dre
2: either. I, I was told. Oh, that's a, a, a old song. Yeah.
1: Dre. Don't Don't, for,
2: don't forget about Dre.
1: Don't forget about <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dr. Dre. Doctor Dre. Doctor Dre. Dre yeah. beats no. Yes, Doctor guy. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah.
2: Another game to keep an eye on, possibly this week. Again, we're knocking on wood as we talk about any game coming up at Dixie State at Utah Valley. A little in-state rivalry uh, yep. between the travel partners. Uh, that'll be Saturday as uh, the Wolverines will be looking to... Get a victory as well as the Trailblazers. <laughs> That's some insight, isn't
1: it? Yeah, UVU is 1-1. One and one.
2: Both teams want to win.
1: Yeah, <laughs> certainly. I think when you go into a game, I think everyone wants to win. But uh, yeah, Utah Valley bounced back after the loss to ACU, beat Tarleton. Dixie State is 0-2 after losing to both ACU and Tarleton. So we'll see. I'm expecting a UVU going into this one 2-1. and one.
2: Coming up next, we'll have Kendra's interview with Mark Kellogg, the women's basketball coach at Stephen F. Austin. Unfortunately, the Lady Jacks uh, not playing on Thursday, but uh, Coach Kellogg did have a career milestone and he talks about it next on the WAC podcast.
0: Hercules Tires is the official tire of the Western Athletic Conference and for more than 65 years has been providing tires with unbeatable quality at an unmatched value. Whatever the vehicle and whatever the terrain, Hercules Tires invites you to ride on our strength. For a retailer near you, visit HerculesTires.com.
1: I'm Kendra Sheehan, joined with head coach Mark Kellogg of Stephen F. Austin's Women's Basketball Program. Coach, you start conference play 1-0 against UTRGV while simultaneously earning your 400th career win. What was that moment like for you? Well,
3: it, I, I, the moment was much more being 1-0, I think, than 400, and we didn't really even talk about that, and it really wasn't ever even mentioned pre or post game or anything like that. And Honestly, I had forgotten my son, my 14 year old son had kind of been keeping it up more than than I had. So he was letting me know and i had completely forgotten. So, no, it was that game. We were down to nine because of covid. So we only had nine players. And of course, it was the first whack game and there was just so much going on and trying to prepare, you know, for that one. Um, And really, that was kind of the focus and the emphasis and what we were going to do to survive with the nine players and all these different rotations and things like that, which we had not gone through um so yeah so no it was was a good win for us good to get the first one of course um and then yeah we didn't really celebrate 400 but it allows you to you know i guess go back as we were alluding to before we got on here about fort lewis days because there was 100 plus wins from there and west texas and northwest missouri and then of course sfa my four stops that you know and so there's a lot of good players and good coaches and administrators that were a part of that so pretty humbled and thankful
1: now that it's it's been a little bit of time has it sunken more have you really reflected I know we just kind of talked about it but is there a game that stands out to you most about one of those wins that that you think of that comes to mind when you think of 400 wins and all that you've accomplished so far
3: yeah I don't think there's necessarily one Um, there's a couple losses for sure that still uh, (laughs) that stick out that I would like to have back but you know we played in you know, I've been fortunate to play in two national championship games at the Division II level and, of course, played an NCAA tournament at the Division I level a year ago. But, the, you know, there, there's a lot of special wins, um, but I think it really was just the messages and, you know, former players reaching out and, you know, just different people that you've worked with, coaches, you know, that's, that's what we always remember, right, is there's scores that I won't remember and games that I won't remember, but I'll sure remember some of the the kids and the personalities and the, you know, adventures that we went through and how we you know, just built programs, built seasons, you know, that ended, you know, and then we've been fortunate to end with quite a few wins through those seasons. But uh, that's, I think, what we think about more than than any one win.
1: Absolutely. Now, this season, do you feel like what you guys accomplished during this non-conference slate has prepared this team to take on WAC play and hang with anyone in this conference?
3: Well, yeah, you sure hope so. I mean, that's why you build your (laughs) non-conference schedule, right, is to prepare you for this. And yeah, you know, we felt pretty good. We, we stumbled on that Gonzaga-Portland road trip, so that was a little disappointing to us. We hadn't, I mean, I don't think anybody in my program had lost back-to-back games, so that was something new for us that we had to go through, which hopefully makes us better. Um, but we played in a tournament where we played three games in three days um, over Thanksgiving, so I think that was good if that situation were to present itself where we have to do something like that in a conference tournament. Obviously we've played some power fives and we played some really good mid majors. So I think, yeah, we've seen different styles of play. We've played against teams that are bigger than us, some that are smaller than us. Um, So yeah, I think we're equipped. I think we're prepared from the non-conference schedule for WAC play. I think as all of us are trying now to survive COVID, I think is the biggest question mark at this point to see if that allows us to continue with some continuity and some momentum.
1: For sure. Now, When we spoke in October, you told me that you didn't want to be just an offensive team or just a defensive team. You really wanted to have that complete game. How do you feel like your team has come together up until this point?
3: Yeah, I think that's still a little bit of a work in progress. I mean, some of the statistics will tell you that it's probably still pretty good on the offensive and defensive end. If you, you know, you just look through some of those. But I think there, I don't know that we've put the complete performance together yet. And, and that can be a good thing. You know, I don't I wouldn't necessarily want to peak too early. And I still think we've got some work to do um, on both ends. I mean, there's times where I'm like, man, I really like us defensively. And then there's times I haven't loved what we're doing offensively. I don't think we've shot the three at the level that I think this team is capable of shooting it yet um this year um but it's all in front of it i mean we can still take care of all of it it's not something that's just such a glaring weakness that we you know that we can't overcome it i think we will and i think we'll keep getting better
1: you return numerous players from your successful campaign last season how has that helped this team do you feel like you're further along now than where you were last year as you were beginning southland play
3: uh, well, probably not quite yet. Last year, we re- really returned every player from the year before had experience except for one in Avery Brittingham and all the other kids were already in the program. And this year we're working in really probably three kids of like, say, the top 10 that were not a part of our program last year. So for those seven that have been here, sure, like we feel really good about them. They know what's going on and where they're supposed to be. It's, you know, it's still a work in progress for the other three. And that's okay. I mean, I think typically, With any new kid, whether that's a transfer or high school kid, it takes them until about December or January, maybe in our program before I always say the light flicks on, you know, like it's kind of off and on right now for them. Sometimes it's on, sometimes it's off. But I think by January, the light kind of stays on uh, most of the time and they're starting to figure some things out. And so that's what I'm excited to see through this month is to see if those kind of three or four that weren't here a year ago really start to kind of keep that light on and understand what this is about.
1: A big player for you. Stephanie Vischer recently surpassed a thousand career points in November. She had 18 points in your win against UTRGV. She's your team leading scorer as well. What has her leadership meant to this program?
3: Well, yeah, it's one of those things. I don't know how you measure it, right? Because it's been so good since the minute she got here. And, and we may have talked about this too, even in the fall when we talked, but she has always thought like a pro. And just from, and I mean that from academically, she's a 4.0 student. She was our conference, the Southland Conference Academic Player of the Year a year ago. Um, you know, the, her work ethic, the way she eats, the way she trains has been next level. And it's been that way from the very beginning. So she's more vocal this year, which we've needed. Um, she is pretty quiet kid by nature and just kind of the, you know, just go about her business, but going about her business, everybody at least sees it and it's and its next level. And so, it, you know, the other kids don't really have a choice. You know, if, if that's the standard, then that's a pretty good standard to have.
1: Your team's battle inside, you have that high-powered offense that we had talked about before. How is it that your team is continuing to find different ways to put points on the board?
3: Yeah, well, that's what we've always wanted to be about. So balance and depth are two words I use when we, whether it's recruiting or coaching, you know, the way we, you know, build our system is we've never really been about one player, right? And even our leading scores don't always average you know, 17 a game or something like that. Although Stephanie Visher and Ayana Johnson and the Averys and Zayas, they could, right? But we don't really want to be about that. We want to be unselfish. We want assists to be high, which I think we're about, you know, 18 or 19 a game right now. You know, which is pretty good. Top one of the top teams in the country from an assist standpoint. So it's sharing the ball, and when you share the ball, everybody gets to touch it. Everybody's excited for the others. Um, it's a fun brand to play. And then, yeah, then we can have, we have a mismatch, say with an Ayana, you know, we can go to that for that game, but maybe the next night we don't. And so now it goes to somebody else like Steph or Zaya or Bree Mitchell, who's running, you know, the point guard for us. So there's just versatility there. And as a coach, I, I, for me, that I love that piece of it. I just love knowing that we don't have to rely on a certain kid every night, right? If they have an off night, we have other kids that are more than capable of stepping up.
2: Welcome back to the WAC podcast, Eric Danner, Kendra Sheehan. Uh, We just heard from Mark Kellogg. A uh, Little note, little side note for you from Coach Kellogg, uh, former coach at Fort Lewis. My former job uh, before coming to the WAC, I was with the Rocky Mountain Athletic Conference, and Coach Kellogg did a heck of a job getting the Skyhawks to the national championship game. Had never even been to the NCAA tournament before. He got them all the way to the title game with a five-foot-eight post player. So oh. he has been a good coach for a long time to get 400 wins. Also went to uh, Northwest Missouri, West Texas A&M, got them to the national championship game as well before taking over at Stephen F. Austin, where he got them to the NCAA tournament last year. So if uh, you see his track record, wherever he is, uh, good things usually follow.
1: He certainly has an impressive resume. And I think when we were talking to him about his 400 wins and you had mentioned your Mac days, I think he was reminiscing a bit. I asked him if you know <laughs> there was any particular game that stood out, but he said I have a few losses that he stick does. out in yeah. my mind, which of course every coach does. But fortunate for Stephen F. Austin, our original featured game of the week was going to be between SFA and ACU, and that game was postponed due to COVID nineteen concerns.
2: ACU starting the season the whack regular season at two and zero as their uh, men's team did, and they also. Uh, Had the two WAC players of the week.
1: Yes, Jamie Bonarens, 16 points, 10 rebounds against UVU and 20 points, 11 boards against Dixie State. She's proven to be quite a force on the floor.
2: And the WAC freshman of the week brought to you by Tickets to Martyr is Bella Earl of ACU. Now, when I was looking this up, I, I assumed that Bella Earl was probably related to Stone Earl, mm-hmm. the quarterback at ACU, same spelling of the last name, but no mention of it in her bio. So maybe a cousin, maybe maybe not related at all. Maybe it's just a quinky dick.
1: Could be, I mean, how many Earls do you have in the country? How many Earls in the state? And then how many Earls at one school? Very odd, but could be a possibility. With an E
2: at the end of the name.
1: Right. Very interesting, but she had totaled 13 points, seven rebounds and three assists on the week. Now, it was a rough past week for women's basketball with five teams unable to play. And, you know, I don't think we have very many games on the docket, if you will, for Currently, this week.
2: Yeah, it's, e- it's even worse this week. Uh, right now, as we sit here, one women's game scheduled for Thursday that's still a go. And that's UTRGV and Grand Canyon in phoenix so keep an eye out for that but uh the way the protocol is now we could have more games on saturday depending on if players get cleared and those kind of things before it was you know the 10-day window and now it's five-day window So that is true uh more opportunities to potentially play and again we hope everyone is healthy playing and those type of things but yeah it's uh just another tough situation but uh We'll, we'll get through it, right? That's that's all we can do is try to get through it.
1: That's right. Stay positive. Hoping our student-athletes are powering through it as well. And hopefully, you know, there's going to be an end, a light at the end of this tunnel that we've been traveling on for a couple years now.
2: That does it for this week's <laughs> Wet Podcast. For Kendra Sheehan, I'm Eric Danner. Stay safe, everybody.
0: Thanks for listening to the Whack Podcast. Make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and YouTube, and check out our website at WAXSports.com.